0: Welcome to Research Uncensored, a podcast by Research FDI, your trusted investment attraction and business intelligence partner. Join me, Bruce Takafman, and my co-host, Amber Hunter, as we bring you behind the scenes with economic development professionals around the world.
1: We're going to find out the real stories behind the project wins and get to know some of the top players in the game today. We would like to thank the Next Move Group for sponsoring today's podcast, Next Move Group helps small to medium sized companies, communities, and organizations create economic growth through executive searches that assist economic development organizations with hiring quality EDO professionals. They also provide site selection services to manufacturers, in addition to a suite of products designed to help organizations be successful.
0: Welcome to another episode of Research Uncensored. Joined as always by my co host, Amber Hunter.
1: Hi, Bruce. How are you today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm on vacation. I'm here in beautiful Mille-Île, Quebec. I'm enjoying the beautiful lake and nature of Laurentian, Quebec.
1: Wow, that is a commitment to this podcast if I've ever seen one.
0: <laughs> if the internet kind of fades out, you know why. I'm kind of in the, I'm in the woods. But listen, our, our, our listeners demand a weekly broadcast, so I'm going to give it to them.
1: I'm sure they'd be picketing if we were to delay uh, the, the release of a podcast. So, you know, you're really doing it for the people. Uh, is that the line you said to your wife?
0: <laughs> well, I see my wife and son angrily waving at me and telling me to hurry up. But, hey, you know, we have a show to do. The show must go on.
1: Well, that again, the commitment is amazing. Um, I actually just moved house. So for all of our listeners out there who are familiar with moving house, you know that it's essentially the worst thing in the entire world but we're in uh, so our vacation will be a staycation i will sit on the deck and just appreciate that my belongings are indoors
0: so you're also committed to this podcast you're doing the show while you're sitting on boxes
1: that's it i mean we're we're committed to the cause no doubt and we
0: have a speaking of the cause we have a great guest today We have Amy Thompson from the South Carolina Department of Commerce. She's the Director of International Strategy and Trade. She's going to talk a little shop with us and talk about probably how hot it is in South Carolina. And there's over 200 Canadian companies that have established operations in South Carolina from Canada.
1: I've heard so many great things uh, about Amy from you and Stefan, our vice president of export and trade. I know you've worked with the South Carolina Department of Commerce over the past few years doing a few missions into Canada. So I can't wait to meet Amy virtually and get some insight about her career and the work that she does with international markets. So without further ado, let's dial her in.
0: All right, let's welcome our next guest all the way from the Palmetto State. Amy Thompson, welcome to the show. How are you
2: doing? I'm great, my friend Bruce. How are you?
0: It's great. It's another beautiful day here in Montreal. It's, I guess, not as humid as it is in South Carolina today, right?
2: Oh, my gosh. I would love to be up in Montreal right now. It's uh, good. It's very sticky. It rained a little bit this morning, and it's going to rain some more this afternoon. So very humid. It's It's a good day to be inside.
0: I figured, actually, if you remember last year, uh, myself, uh, Stefan Kalamanu, our vice president of exports, and Rob Creamer, our executive director of research, were in your neck of the woods in Columbia, and we were in town for the Global Carolinas, and we went to this great restaurant, Hendrix. It was a great time.
2: We enjoyed it so much. Um, I think it was too hot to be out on the roof that evening, but we really did enjoy um, hosting you in South Carolina.
0: It was great. It was also yourself, uh, Tony Allen and Norris over at dinner at Hendrix. And I don't know if you know this, but I think Stefan will kill me if if, uh, if I told you the story. But keep it between us and our listeners. But uh, Stefan had actually spilled a smoked catfish dip on himself during dinner. So he was trying to make sure Rob and I noticed and we started laughing at him. But you guys had not noticed. And he was so uh, careful not to make a fool of himself. So every time he would go to the restroom, he would walk sideways to avoid being seen by you guys with Catfish dip all over his pants.
2: Oh, no. Well, you know, I passed you as you were walking down the street and I saw a few dogs following. Maybe that was why.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess the scent of the catfish dip uh, released really it off a dog. But uh, luckily, we got Stefan's uh, pants dry cleaned and he was good to go for the rest of the trip.
2: <laughs> That's great. I won't let him know you told me.
0: No, we'll definitely keep that a secret. Uh, So I guess uh, moving on from that, uh, you're a University of South Carolina graduate. You're you're a Gamecock. Uh, Talk about your days on campus. And did you have an idea of economic development or where you wanted your career to go?
2: Oh, gosh. So I wish I had a great romantic story for you about my college time at the University of South Carolina. It's a great school. Um, I actually worked while I went to college, so it took me almost six years to get my undergraduate degree. Um, Of course, I did not know that I wanted to be in economic development. I was majoring in Spanish and minoring in education. I was planning to teach high school Spanish. I was truly inspired by um, my high school teacher, Marcia Woodward, she was just wonderful and she brought out the best in me. So I really wanted to teach, but I got a job at a trade publication for the apparel industry in Latin America, of all things, in Columbia, South Carolina. And so um, I was able to use my Spanish working as um, an administrative assistant and then worked my way up through the ranks to be editor-in-chief. So my Professional career uh, started taking off as I was um, going to school. I uh, worked there for about 10 years. So, again, USC is is fantastic. It's a great school. My daughter, we moved her into her dorm on Monday, our only child. So, she's starting there. And so, I will live vicariously through her. And um, she'll enjoy, hopefully, maybe next year, the great football games, you know. College football is a big deal down here. So we have a lot of fun cheering for the Gamecocks.
0: Yeah, I know it's going to be a bit of a sad year without college football. I don't know what I'm going to do with my Saturdays. I guess I'm going to have to spend time with my family. Um,
2: You might have to do that.
0: Yeah, perhaps. Um, uh, Does your daughter speak Spanish? Are you still fluent in Spanish right now? I know you spend uh, 10 years editing that magazine in Spanish. Are you
2: still fluent to this day? yeah i am thank you i I would like to think i am i once i'm in country uh, we went to we did a trade mission trade and fdi mission to um colombia and brazil last year so it, it kicked in it takes me about a day for it to fully take charge by the end of the week i'm dreaming in spanish so um it's like riding a bicycle i suppose
1: I find it fascinating that, you know, you were working as an editor and then made this transition into economic development. Uh, I know you said you had a a decade of experience being an editor. Is there any kind of skills that you learned through that experience that you think you still use today, uh, you know, in the economic development field?
2: I think for sure. um, I, I would venture... The great majority of people in economic development say that serendipity got them where they are, and I think that was certainly my my case. Um, obviously, travel. Uh, I traveled a great deal in Latin America, so when I, when I noticed the opening at the Department of Commerce for a trade specialist, I thought, well, that's what I do, and I go to Latin America, and so sure I could lead a mission um, to take companies with me. Um, I'd always traveled alone so it was really exciting to think of leading a delegation and um, this this trade publication also organized trade shows throughout the region so that was something that I was used to and so we helped companies exhibit at international shows so it was a really a very easy uh, transition for me and of course just, Traveling internationally, learning about other cultures, and acclimating, I think that certainly carried over into this role at Commerce.
1: And what would you say, you know, when you started economic development coming from, uh, you know, a background in journalism and in trade publication, what struck you the most, I guess, in in the differences? And, you know, something we hear a lot about from ED professionals is this sense of giving back to the community. Did that kind of appeal to you or did you get that feeling, uh, you know, in your early days as a leader?
2: It certainly did, Amber. It's funny, you know, a lot of people will move away from home when they graduate college. And um, I traveled so much in my initial career that I never really wanted to leave South Carolina. I love it here. And I will guarantee you, anybody you speak to in economic development will tell you the same thing. This this state is fantastic. Um, You know, we've got quite a connection to Canada I'm sure you're familiar with Can-Am days that take place in Myrtle Beach every year in March. While we're still wearing coats and sweaters, Canadians are frolicking on the beach. Um, it's, <laughs> I think they just had their 60th year in Myrtle Beach, um, and that was right before COVID. Um, so I, I certainly feel connected to Canada that way. We always ran into wonderful Canadians when we were at the beach as a family, and Um, And internationally, I I think there's so many internationals here. We've got now, especially with Charleston and Greenville and so many international companies in our state, there's such a connection that it just makes it um, very easy to sell South Carolina when you're visiting companies overseas. And you appreciate their value to family and home. And we want them to feel the same way when they're here.
0: Well, Canadians definitely love South Carolina. They love uh, golfing in February and March. And like you said, uh, shoving in the water, February, March, no problem. Um, you had a, your first tenure in the at South Carolina Department of Commerce was about nine years. Talk about your first tenure over there and uh, what made you ultimately move on to the U.S. Department of Commerce.
2: Yeah, so um, I was, I've been there for 10 I, I, seemed to have this 10-year thing going on, you know, so I've been at commerce as an international trade specialist and I'd had a a baby and wasn't quite excited about traveling so much. And this opportunity with the US Department of Commerce opened up whereby I was able to travel just maybe two or three times a year. And um, it really focused on counseling companies. Uh, So, I did a lot of um, on the road travel throughout the state. We had each had a territory working with companies, helping them develop an export program. And we, I still got to work with my colleagues at the state. So, it was really a win win for me. Um, It was just a a good opportunity for growth.
0: And then, as he Commerce came calling back and they recruited you to come back to work for a second time to work with the existing business. What made you want to go back to the SE Commerce for a second time?
2: Well, Bruce, I think I have to correct you. Um, I came on bended knee to Commerce and, and asked to come <laughs> back. Uh, it was a great opportunity for me. I had caught wind that there was um, an opportunity with the existing industry program, so I had gained this experience working with industry, um, the international trade angle. And this was really the business retention and expansion program that Commerce has had in place for years. And it was a great opportunity to work with some really good people that I had known in my first stint at Commerce. So it was just a, a natural, again, another natural progression for me. So I came back to the state and. Honestly, after working for the federal government, um, our agency is so business-like and business-friendly. It just was a breath of fresh air. Um, Not as much bureaucracy, and it was really a great opportunity. So, yeah, that was a a wonderful time to um, start back at commerce, state commerce.
0: So you're, you're back at State Commerce and you're working with a lot of local companies from South Carolina. Could you share uh, a couple of stories with our listeners of helping local business in South Carolina?
2: Yeah, we so we have this great network of what we call field agents. They're our existing industry team, and a lot of them are uh, retired Manufacturers—they've worked in the manufacturing setting. We also work very closely with the South Carolina Manufacturing Extension um, Partnership (SCMEP). There's one um, usually. There's one in every state. It's a—they really um, have a great technical expertise about the manufacturing process and everything that's involved in that. So, we would do tag team visits. Um, one particular case I can think of, Bruce, was an international company. And I'm not going to talk about the nationality, but they were really having a hard time acclimating to doing business in the United States. You know, what motivates uh, an American worker is very different than what motivated a worker in their country. And so they had really reached an impasse with their their employees about, you know, what, how can, we're we're seeing this turnover, we're not being successful in our processes, what can we do? And we spent a lot of time with them, we really did. And, you know, we even hired a translator to make sure they fully understood everything. Um, Fortunately, the the community had embraced them very much. So they felt at home, it was just a matter of how do they motivate their employees? What, how do they, um, stop the the turnover and, and keep them. What what incentives can they give them to stay? So we worked really closely with them for months, and um, I'm happy to say that that company is now in entering phase three of an expansion. So that's I have to say that is one thing that I put, take a lot of pride in. Not just from the existing industry standpoint, but now in my role when I talk to companies in Canada or. Japan or wherever that when a company comes to our state they're they're a South Carolina company we treat them like their family we have a wonderful what we call the service after the sale we do a lot of hand holding with companies once they're up and running to make sure they have everything they need there's so many resources and we don't expect companies to be able to navigate them by themselves so we have dedicated staff that call on them on a regular basis, um, often with the local county economic developer, just to make sure they have everything they need. Um, and I have to say, after COVID, it was all hands on deck for our agency. Even people on my team um, manned the phones. We, we answered questions. We, our agency led um, the, was one of the key leads for the Accelerate South Carolina program that got businesses back up and running. So um, there's just so many wonderful resources for, for existing industry in our state. It was a great experience. I loved every minute of it
1: well Amy it seems like the department has a, a very strong aftercare program which you know I've seen through our experience working uh, at research FDI that economic development agencies that really put you know a really large emphasis on BRNE activities and aftercare uh, not only attract more investments due to you know this the, the word of mouth but but grow the investments that they have so it's always a, a great to hear that um, as you as you touched upon you you have a new role uh, in 2017 you transitioned from from BRE and were appointed the director of international strategy and trade. Could you maybe speak to what that transition uh, kind of looked like for you and what it meant to take on this new role, uh, you know, uh, now attracting investments to the community rather than fostering the investments that were already there?
2: Yeah, it, I was really, I was so glad I had that time at existing industry because it gave me such a, a wonderful foundation for really understanding industry needs. And so I just had to put my international trade hat back on. And literally the first week of my job, it was international week in South Carolina. And all of our international staff came over and they got to meet me and and I them. Of course, I was very excited and I was very nervous because I had not hired any of these people. I didn't know them. And so um I really jumped right into the role. It was fantastic. We um, we really bonded. Uh, we you know we have offices in Japan, Korea, India, China, and Germany. So um, there were about twenty team members that came over to South Carolina and spent the week. And, and we do this every year. Unfortunately, we didn't do it this year uh, because of COVID. But we bring the team over and we get on the road. We get in a bus and we, we visit counties and the regional alliances, we visit industry, we really want them to know South Carolina and know our partners and our stakeholders. We do a lot of face time with our partner network so that when they go into their individual markets, they, they are South Carolinians, they understand what makes us tick and, um, how they can better connect with industry to, to, to really basically sell our state to them.
1: So I know that you mentioned a couple of specific markets in Asia and Latin America. Um, are those the, what is the total amount of international markets that you cover? And I'm curious, do you have an FDI strategy specific to each market or kind of an uh, overarching strategy?
2: That's a great question, Amber. It's definitely overarching. I mean, there's not uh, economic development's pretty cut and dry. You know, as far as what attracts an investor, what they're looking for, and really, we're here to meet their needs and answer the questions. So, yes, um, I mentioned where we have offices, but and on the ground representation but we we hire contractors, um, and just as we work with Bruce's team in Canada, we do that in other markets where we think there's potential and we really look at the sectors to uh, that would fit in our supply chain here. Obviously, automotive is very big here, aerospace, uh, life sciences, food processing, we are an agribusiness state, a lot of forestry, timber and so we 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 try to do the best possible match with sectors as possible, but we are seeing a lot of interest from call centers and uh, back office type situations and um, research we're we're excited to see that grow. We've got research universities, so we're open to anything that would you know that would fit well with an international company. We want them to to have the right infrastructure and workforce. And so I mentioned our partner network earlier. That is a crucial role to helping us do our job and connecting them with the, the right people.
0: Fantastic. Usually you're a road warrior. You probably would have been in 10 countries by now, um, how, has, how has SC Commerce adapted uh, to COVID-19? Obviously, you can't travel like you would have last year.
2: Yeah. Um, well, for me personally, it's been great. I've joked to people, my daughter's not as excited, but I certainly was, to be able to spend these last couple of months with her at home before she goes off to college. But we have not missed a beat. We are um, about to enter phase two. Uh, Where we will do A team, B team going into the office. I was in the office yesterday. We're before we are all hands on deck, but we're all working from home. We are doing webinars. We've, um, Bruce, as you know, we will be setting up virtual meetings with Canadian companies. And actually, I see this as, as much as we love being in country, don't get me wrong, and I love. Canada. Um, It's really good to gauge the interest. Um, We're seeing people come in to South Carolina to visit. We're getting prospects in. We're working projects. So business is still going, I wouldn't say full throttle, but it is going forward and um, we're excited to see projects in the pipeline. I think those who are visiting are very serious and I think that makes it a lot easier for us when we're dealing with, with international companies. If they're coming, we know they really mean business.
0: Yeah, we're seeing some of the same things. Uh, some industries are doing very well. Others are, are struggling. So we're definitely seeing that dynamic, but it is, it's is—it's nice to see that there is some sites being chosen. And there is some business as usual. Um, you recently served on the board of the SC Manufacturing Extension Partnership, uh, you're someone that gives back The community. I know you're a lunchtime mentor at Bradley Elementary School in Columbia. What does a lunchtime mentor do?
2: We spend time with kids. It's so wonderful. And I had to take a bit of hiatus because travel really. It was difficult. They they want you to stay with one student through their elementary school journey. So we're talking five years. So I kind of became a substitute, and then I I found a a really sweet young lady who was in high school who needed extra help reading. And of course that came to a screeching halt with COVID. But what we do is we go and spend time with the kids at at lunch in the cafeteria. We bring our lunch and eat with them and just talk about life, talk about what we do and family. And then we spend the last half hour of their lunchtime reading. A lot of these kids need that, just that little extra help, um, focusing and um, learning, um, reading contra- comprehension. So it's it's really rewarding. It's great. I love kids.
0: Fantastic. Uh, before we let you go, any how can people reach you? Talk a little bit about SC Commerce and what you guys are up to.
2: Well, thanks. I, I will say that um, you can reach me at Thompson at com. A-T-H-O-M-S-O-N at secommerce.com. I'm happy to take any questions that companies have, um, what it's like to do business, um, if we we can provide companies with everything they need. I will tell you that we've got, we're starting to upload really cool drone footage of our industrial site. So we're really I think pivoting along with the rest of the world, in this new world, we're all navigating, um, doing a lot of virtual meetings, and uh, we're focusing on some webinars for industry associations. We did a great webinar with a textile association in India last week. We had about 80 companies attend that. So we're we're doing our best to provide everything that we can for companies. And so if, if there are companies in Canada that are interested in the United States, we'd love for them to consider South Carolina.
0: Well, Amy, as I told you before, you're an honorary Canadian, so we hope to welcome you back to Canada sometime soon.
2: I, I hope to be there next August for sure.
1: It's been a real pleasure, Amy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you,
2: Amber. Thanks, Bruce. Have a great day. Thank Thanks, you, Amy. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on the web at www.researchfdi.com, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at Research FDI. Tune in next week as we have another guest from the economic development world.